board is lighting up. Wow. Who knew we had a line seven? The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. Coming to you from the Carter Subaru Studio. Welcome, Welcome to our top stories this hour. Nicole is lining up a guest for us. I don't know if she's on the phone. You there, Nicole? You yep, there I'm guest? here. Okay. So yep. I just heard in Aaron's newscast, Bruce Harrell said uh, on, on Gene Ursula's show this morning that he wants $500 million from the taxpayers for homeless housing. Mm-hmm. Can, can you see if you can find that soundbite from their show? That's, that's sure. insane. We have spent more than $10 billion in the last decade on homelessness, and the problem has gotten dramatically worse. The more you just dangle out money, the more homeless drug vagrants from around the country are moving to our area. And I am begging The taxpayers do not allow this scam to continue until they make drugs illegal and until they issue ultimatums that we will put you in jail for drug use. But before we do that, we will give you an option for treatment. We will give you all the help that you could possibly avail yourself to. Mental health treatment, drug treatment, job training, get you a roof over your head in a communal environment, but it's a dry housing. We're not going to allow you to take drugs. We're not going to just build you a place on the taxpayer dole where you can go and kill yourself while you continue to shoot up the heroin and smoke the meth in your taxpayer-provided housing. This is insanity, what we're doing. And you know the definition of insanity, and that's exactly what's happening here. We are just going to keep throwing money at an absolutely unsolvable problem as long as all drugs are legal in Washington State, which they are. As long as nobody has to fear shooting up. You know, the guy I was talking about that I saw years ago who was shooting up in between his toes because he had so much scar tissue everywhere else on his body. It is so sad. But we cannot take $500 million from the taxpayers and and say that that's going to solve a problem. All this is, this is why I call it the homelessness industrial complex. This is Bruce Harrell funneling a half billion dollars to his buddies in the building trade. Because they're the ones who get all of that money. And the problem gets worse and worse and worse. Until you get to the root cause of homelessness. We don't prosecute the drugs, uh, the crimes that are committed every single day so that they can buy drugs. We don't prosecute people for having drugs because our state, le- the Democrats in the legislature, in all their wisdom, have decided that heroin and meth and fentanyl should be legal in personal possession amounts in Washington. So everybody in the country knows. Go to Seattle, go to King County, go to the Puget Sound area. You can break into cars, you can break into people's houses. If you get caught, you won't do one second of time. You can use what you steal, sell it for 10 cents on the dollar. 
You can get next day's fix. If somebody sees you holding heroin, meth, they see you shooting up or smoking it, nothing's going to happen to you. And then, if you're lucky, the city of Seattle taxpayers will give you an apartment where you can continue to commit crimes and use drugs every single day and kill yourselves. This is the most immoral thing. I'm sorry, I, I didn't know I was going to talk about this. I didn't know that Aaron was going to have this news story. I didn't hear Bruce Errol earlier today on the radio station. This is about as immoral as government gets, where they use the desperate addiction of some of the most lost souls among us and they use them to pry, as a pry bar to pry money out of your bank account and mine so that Bruce Harrell and Jay Inslee can give, and Dow Constein, they can give all of that money to their buddies in the building industry. And then the buddies come back with a little campaign donation for daddy. It is, it's so immoral. We need to help people, and you can help them by saying, we will give you treatment. We will do everything we can to help you get clean. If you refuse, and we see you using drugs, we will put you in jail. And option number three, if you don't like options number one and two, you better get out. Because one and two are your only options. But no, no, no. Let's enrich the builders. Let's enrich an industry with tax dollars so that we have homeless people warm and dry as they slowly kill themselves. What an immoral bunch of people we're talking about here. We must get help and treatment for those who want it. We've got to get them their lives back instead of using them in their quiet, deadly desperation so that politicians can get money out of that. It's so sick. It's just absolutely sick what we're doing here. Every one of them just repulses me with this stuff. All right. uh, Sorry. Didn't know I was going to talk about that. Okay. With that as mere prelude, let's get to the big lead. The big lead top story. We heard the horrible story a few days ago about an 11-year-old child who had been shot in an apparent road rage incident. Well, we now know who the shooter was. He's 19 years old. Jaden Maurice Davis Gunn. Yeah, he's got a hyphenated last name. Davis Gunn. G-U-N-N. Uh, This happened down in Pierce County. Uh, According to the court records, prosecutors say they don't know what led up to the shooting, except that it was a case of road rage. Uh, And so a judge yesterday said $750,000 bail for the 19-year-old kid himself, Jaden Maurice Davis Gunn. Uh, The 11-year-old who was shot is expected to make a recovery. It's going to be a long road for that kid. But here's another example of where our politicians and our political system has absolutely failed us. Again, what is the immorality of a society, of a system, of politicians, of a political party 
that doesn't do anything until an 11-year-old gets shot. Maybe if we were a little more proactive with uh, Jaden Maurice Davis gun, maybe if we were a little more proactive, that 11-year-old would not know what it's like to lie in a hospital bed with a gunshot wound. But you see, in our progressive wisdom, all of our politicians have decided that punishing young men or boys for crimes they commit is racist. And so... Dow Constein's always screaming, no youth jail, no matter what crime they commit. No youth jail. Murder, rape, no youth jail. Put them in juvie, give them a little slap on the wrist. And the word is out. You can commit all the crimes you want. Nothing's going to happen to you. Listen to Jaden Maurice Davis Gunn's criminal history as it was spelled out in court yesterday. Can you believe that? This guy's 19 years old. 18 arrests. Do you know how many crimes you commit? For every one time you're arrested, there are statisticians who have tried to determine it's usually somewhere between 10 and 50 crimes that have gone unpunished for every one for which you're arrested. So if he has 18 arrests, that means he's probably committed somewhere between 200 and 1,000 crimes. And nothing has happened with him. So what happens in the developing mind of this guy as he's 15, 16 years old, as he has 18 arrests, 14 encounters with law enforcement, 13 referrals as a juvie, two felonies, felonies, probation violation. So what happens in this developing 15, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old mind? I can do anything. Nobody's going to touch me. I can do anything. I can commit any crime. I can commit felonies. And nothing's going to happen. Now, does anybody think this is a good, compassionate way to run a society? It's not fair to the 11-year-old kid who got shot. It's not fair to you and me to be in the midst of all this crime. But it's not fair to the 19-year-old. It's not fair to Jaden Maurice Davis Gunn because he has grown up with such a skewed sense of what life is. He believes that life is unfettered criminality. Get away with everything. So if he's got a beef on a road with somebody... He doesn't think twice about pulling out a gun, firing a shot, allegedly. And if that bullet happens to hit an 11-year-old child, well, that's just collateral damage in our progressive way of dealing with juvenile crime around here. We are sick. The fact that we, and it's not me, 
Might not be you if you listen to the show, although a lot of people listen who disagree with my views. But the voters, the voters are sick. When you put people in charge like Inslee and Constantine and Harrell, you know, Bruce Harrell, who said as councilman, he wanted to decriminalize violence. Let's quote from Bruce Harrell, who now is pretending like he's getting all tough as mayor. He's going to clean things up. Bruce Harrell created so much of this problem as a city councilman. What, can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody in their right mind saying they want to decriminalize violence? So violence is no longer a crime. No wonder Jaden Maurice Davis gun, why his head is so screwed up. He's been hearing the misguided insanity of all these politicians who, again, are using him, using him, using the 11-year-old kid who got shot. Everybody knew where this guy, Maurice or Davis Gunn, everybody knows where he was headed. 18 arrests, two felonies, 14 other law enforcement encounters. Everybody knew that this was a guy headed to prison. But they decided, as a compassionate, progressive region, they decided, but you know what? We're going to wait until an 11-year-old gets shot. Then, then we'll deal with the guy. There was plenty to deal with before this kid got shot. But this is the insanity of social progressivism on full display right here. Jeez, it's sick. It is so sick. Uh, the roommate of Davis Gunn, uh, he, he shared a duplex with uh, these these two women, uh, Jalice and Mahogany. So I'm a woman of faith. I believe in the power of prayer. Just keep praying for our city because it definitely needs it. Yeah, we do. We need prayer. And Davis Gunn needs prayer because society has allowed him to become a raging criminal. And, yeah, we need to pray for people like that, people who's become such lost souls. But we shouldn't have waited until an 11-year-old kid was shot before uh, this guy got any attention at all. SWAT team finally went and got him. Next thing you know, lights is everywhere telling us to come outside. And uh, Cairo 7 also reported on his history. Jaden Maurice Davis Gunn has already been arrested more than a dozen times, yet now comes the most serious charges. He's accused of a drive-by shooting on I-5 that left an 11-year-old boy seriously hurt. And then, I have great respect for the state patrol, but I heard a trooper say, explain why... Davis Gunn may have shot the 11-year-old in a road rage incident. All of a sudden, there's somebody who might be in their way where about a year ago they could just you know, go, and now they have to be patient. They said, and he went on to say, that it may be the pandemic, that the roads were emptier a year ago, and now Davis Gunn didn't know how to react when the roads are returning to having normal capacity on them. No, he didn't shoot somebody trooper, all, def- all respect. But he didn't shoot somebody because of the pandemic. 
He shot somebody probably because, guessing, don't know, probably didn't have a dad in his life. He uh, started being a life of crime because our politicians have incentivized gangs to recruit 13, 14, 15-year-olds to commit the most violent crimes by telling them nothing will happen to you if you get caught. It wasn't the pandemic. It was idiocy. It's the idiocy of people in charge in this region that leads to that 11-year-old kid lying with a gunshot wound. Just sickening. And that is your big lead this hour. The Big Lead on Cairo Radio. We will check the news for you here. And then a lot of other stuff. We told you yesterday about the Washington State connection to the FTX cryptocurrency bankruptcy scandal. Have you heard how many people connected to the cryptocurrency industry are mysteriously dying the last couple of weeks? It's an amazing story. Tell you that and much more right after we check the news here on the Dory Monson Show. Once again, Cairo News Radio, Foster Child Holiday Magic, where we partner with you and your generosity. Make sure that every foster kid in the state has a gift to unwrap under the tree. I'm very excited for our our show's donation to the effort, Nicole, for Holiday Magic. I know, it is a pretty good one. Are, are we at liberty to say what it is, or are we supposed to wait? Till next week hmm. to unveil it. I don't know. Maybe tease it a little bit. Maybe give a hint. Um, are are you gonna are you gonna be part of the uh, the event? Ooh, I hope so. Yeah, I absolutely. Like mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Okay, okay so uh, it's if you are the winning bidder, and I'm guessing I don't know what else we got. I don't know what the other shows got, but if if we don't have the most successful auction item, I'll be shocked. You know how competitive I am. Yeah. But uh, Well, you, you can will... do this or you can sit in studio with John Curley if he shows up for the studio. Is that what they're giving? <laughs> An in-studio so. visit? Well, he tried to give something cool, too, but he got vetoed. <laughs> got vetoed? Yeah. For something cool? Well, what? his cabin. Oh, the cabin. But management <laughs> said, said no. Nope. cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, cabin. it's a cool stay at a cabin in the woods, you know. It's a, it's a tiny one-room log cabin. <laughs> okay. <But laughs> I mean, yes. I love John. I, I had a long experience. chat with John last night. I love the man, and that's why yeah. I can be so brutally honest. But, you know, that's not cool. Okay. You're it's not pretty, as unique as this. You're, you're thir- correct. 30 minutes away is, uh, what's it called? The... Nice little community. Sunkadia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's cool. Okay. No, Sunkadia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Uh, but no, if you get to sit in with uh, with John, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. Anyway, so we'll unveil it next week, and I hope people are very generous. I think it's going to be very fun. Nicole and I will both be part of the event that you're bidding on. And uh, it's going to be great fun. It's 
going to be awesome. All right. Real in your excitement. I know. I, oh, what, how, how are we supposed to get the excitement in? <laughs> Reel it in. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, what, what am I doing here? Oh, so yesterday we told you the story about a little teeny tiny town in eastern Washington called Farmington. I had never heard of Farmington. But Farmington suddenly is in the middle of the uh, Sam Bankman-Fried multi-multi-billion dollar cryptocurrency bankruptcy scandal. Looks like a Democratic uh, money laundering scheme. As Bankman-Fried's mom, it's now revealed, formed a political action committee that donated $107 million to Democrats in the five weeks before the 2020 election. That this cryptocurrency scandal, a story that almost everybody in the media is ignoring because it's a scandal that benefited the Democratic Party. And so the media doesn't want to make anything negative about this. But it looks like there was a absolute funneling of money to the Democratic Party. They bought the 2020 election with $108 million cash infusion in ads in all the Biden-Trump swing states in 2020. Sam Bankman-Fried said his plan was to give a billion dollars to the Democrat Party with uh, the money he was making off what was just a gigantic Ponzi scheme. So they somehow started stashing money in this Farmington State Bank in eastern Washington, on the Washington-Idaho border. They've had three employees. They've no online banking. What's a crypto biz doing with a tiny bank with no online presence well there's more to this story and uh listener mark who is a great tipster and emailer and, and everything uh mark went and found the farmington state bank filing with the washington state secretary of state's office and lo and behold the directors on file now for Farmington State Bank are two people from Farmington, Tanya Feigeson and Jim Thompson. But then a guy from Timonium, Maryland, a woman from Nassau, the Bahamas. Now, this is important because Sam Bakeman frieds parents bought a, like, $50 million mansion in Nassau, the Bahamas, right next to the penthouse that Sonny Boy lives in, as they were apparently plotting to install the Democratic Party permanency in America. And it all ties back to a tiny bank in Farmington, Washington. Well, there's more to this crypto story. Yesterday... A 53-year-old Russian billionaire named Vyacheslav Teran. He died in a mysterious helicopter crash. Another passenger canceled at the last minute, and this was in Switzerland. He was taken off from a resort town, Villefranche-sur-Mer, in Switzerland. And in good weather, this helicopter mysteriously crashed. And this 53-year-old Russian billionaire is looking at pictures, him, his wife, they have three little kids, beautiful family. He, he dies in the crash. 
and he was a cryptocurrency entrepreneur. But he's the third cryptocurrency entrepreneur to unexpectedly die in just the last couple of weeks since this whole Sam Bankman-Fried's uh, FTX scandal started coming down. Uh, a 30-year-old named Tiantian Kulander died in his sleep last week, 30 years old. They said it was mysterious that somebody so young and so healthy would die in his sleep. Another cryptocurrency millionaire, Nikolai Mushigian, 29 years old. He drowned on a Puerto Rican beach. But right before he drowned, he was on Twitter. And he said that he feared the CIA and the Mossad were going to murder him. And right after he sent out that tweet, he mysteriously drowned on a beach in Puerto Rico. What's going on here? Now, again, the FTX thing has ties, deep ties to the Democrat Party in America. And so now three young, healthy crypto billionaires whose companies were crashing alongside FTX one dies in mysterious helicopter accident. Another at age 30 mysteriously dies in his sleep. Another, age 29, died by drowning in Puerto Rico right after tweeting that he feared the CIA and Mossad were going to murder him. I think this story is going to get really interesting. Just remember, you heard all this here first. Okay, quick time out. Then we're going to count down our favorite sound bites of the day. Awesome audio is coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show. Before we get out of here, it is time to count down our favorite sound bites of the day. This is Dory Monson's Awesome Audio Clips of the Day. This is a, a nice little compare and contrast. As you know, Joe Biden started draining the Strategic Petroleum Reserve so that he could try to lower gas prices for the midterms. Uh, just want to remind you, when Donald Trump was president, he wanted to top off the Strategic Petroleum Reserve because gas at the time was so cheap, he thought it would be a good investment for America. Based on the record low price of oil that you've been seeing, it's uh, at a level that's very interesting to a lot of people. We're filling up our national petroleum reserves, strategic, you know, the strategic reserves, and we're looking to put as much as 75 million barrels into the reserves themselves. That would top it out. That would be first time in a long time it's been topped out. We'd get it for the right price. The right price, because oil at the time was $24 a barrel. The Democrats blocked Donald Trump topping off the Strategic Petroleum Reserve because oil was $24 a barrel. Now, Joe Biden's president. The president was, would like to replenish the SPR in full uh, of what we released, uh, an additional 180 to 200 million barrels. And I think when prices start reaching towards that $70 mark, 
uh, that's when we're probably going to be looking at some somewhere around that range of 70, 72. Uh, 70. Progressive economics. So to the Democrats, $24 a barrel was too much and they blocked it. When Joe Biden's president, they're hoping to get it for between 70 and $75 a barrel. Yeah, progressive economics. There you have it. All right, up next in our awesome audio. Speaking of Joe Biden, uh, he said something odd today. Ten years ago, how many knew what the hell the supply chain was? No, I'm serious. Uh, he, ten years ago, he'd been senator for something like 90 years already, and he didn't know what a supply chain was? No wonder the nation is in such horrible shape now that he's president. If he didn't know 10 years ago what a supply chain was, he certainly doesn't know now. Jeff, thanks. Thank you, Jeffrey, for your introduction. I really mean it. It's a big deal. And you're a big guy. As, as I told you, if I had you running in front of me when I was playing flanker back, I could have been an all-American, man. It could have been big. It could have been big. And again, that's the dementia. He has said often lately that he played football for the University of Delaware. Not true. Totally made up lie. Uh, let's see. Oh, Dr. Fauci. You know, China's massive protests because as part of their new COVID shutdown, they've been literally locking the people in their homes. In some cases, they're nailing doors shut to buildings. Uh, in others, with metal doors, the government is welding doors shut so the people who live inside cannot get out. And if they don't have enough food in their apartment, then they're going to starve to death. But Fauci says, well, it might all be worth it. China's official news agency today published an op-ed asserting that the country's strict COVID measures are scientific and effective. Are, are they? Well, when you want to shut down uh, in order to interrupt immediately a process that's going on, like the spread of infection, there should be a purpose to it. Like you want to make sure you get enough ventilators or enough PPE, or you want to get your population vaccinated the comment that i made do you believe that anthony fauci said yeah what they're doing in china, it's okay as long as they have a purpose and if the purpose is to make sure everyone is vaccinated uh, mandatory government vaccination i thought he retired why is he on every news show still he, he retired it's crazy but yeah he he said yeah it's understandable they have a purpose in china uh, let's see. Well, finally, in our awesome audio, uh, KJP, she was talking about uh, one of the most prestigious awards a human being can earn. <laughs> she, and again, this is objective, but she might be one of the dimmest people to ever be a White House press secretary. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. winners of the 2022 Nobel Prize. The Nobel Prize, N-O-B-L-E. Well, maybe she just mispronounced it that one time. She knows it's Nobel Peace Prize. She was, she doesn't think it's Nobel. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. winners of the 2022 Nobel Prize. Dr. Caroline Bertozzi, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Mm -hmm. Dr. John Clauser, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics. And Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. 
She apparently has no idea how to pronounce Nobel Peace Prize. I got to get out of here. The John Carly and Sherry Elliker show is coming up next. God bless you in these snowy times. And uh, I'll see you back here tomorrow. High noon. Hello.